So, John, if something were to happen to you, which would essentially paralyze you for the rest of your life and you're in a wheelchair, if you could have any cast member of Game of Thrones to care for you, who would it be? Oh, the Hound. The Hound? 100%. Really? Yeah. <laughs> sure, each to their own. Welcome everybody to Beyond the Box Set, a podcast where we pitch prequels, sequels and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry and joining me as always is John. Hello Harry Chappell. Hello Lucas. <laughs> Harry Chappell. I knew you wanted to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this week, well it was your choice wasn't it? It was, it uh, was yes. Me Before You. Yes. So this is a film I hadn't seen. Yeah. And uh, so the reason I chose this film is this is a film that came out a couple of years ago starring Amelia Clark. It's a romantic comedy mm-hmm. about a, well romantic comedy question mark yeah that's the thing so you said this last week you said oh it'd be good for us to do romantic comedy I haven't really done that before and I was thinking I, I do think I know what this film is if so I think I've seen a trailer and if so none of it feels like a comedy to me yeah maybe, maybe can, romantic comedy was can you, can you name a funny bit I can think of some attempts at comedy in the film okay but not, uh, yeah, none that really landed. No, it, it wasn't really like a, any kind of Hugh Grant film, was it? No, I think I was... <laughs> I, I guess what I was looking for more is, because we have done comedies with romance in them before. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, I, we hadn't done like a quote-unquote chick flick, which is what more was what I was going for, kind of a chick flick kind of thing. I still don't know what a chick flick is. is so, was this it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. It's just a film aimed at women. Okay, sure. Like a romantic film. Like this, The Notebook, A Walk to Remember, lots of Reese Witherspoon films, you know, just that kind of thing, you know. Sure. A date movie for girls. Sure. And I don't mean that to be dismissive, but that, that's kind of the genre that, you know, these films. Are yeah. And the other reason I chose this film is that I, because I, I, I go back and edit our episodes after we record them, and I was heard my... Don't spoil the secrets. Sorry, I know. I know. Can, can you believe this isn't just all one take? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were doing our episode on Knights of Badaston, which was a... Peter Dinklage movie. Yes. And we got talking about Amelia Clark movies. And I mentioned mm-hmm. this film, having not seen it. And I caught myself saying, oh, I've not seen that film, but it looks awful. Mm-hmm. And then I was kind of got annoyed at myself when I heard myself saying that back. Because like, I hate people who do that, who are really judgmental about films <laughs> about watching them. So let's let's see if I've misjudged it. Okay, well, in one word, mm-hmm. did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. This, this, was, this, was, this was rough. I know. I've, I've been trying to work it out what, what my problem was with this film. I think... It's that it was predictable. Now, I didn't know specifically what was going to happen at the end, but I, I felt like I knew every beat of the movie. Mm-hmm. Nothing in the movie surprised me at any point. Did you... I, th- I think that by the point where it it got to the bit where he, he decides whether he's going to die or not, which I didn't know which way it was going to go, but mm-hmm. also I didn't care. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so... I was going to ask, did you find this film particularly romantic? Uh, not really. I didn't... I didn't fully buy the romance. I never liked him at all. No, he, he was seemed... so he was so unlikable. Yeah, and I imagine that one of the jokes you were talking about was uh, that one at the start, the first time you see him. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the first time we see him in a wheelchair. Oh yeah, when he pretends like he's much more disabled, than much he more is. disabled than he is. Yeah, and it's like oh, so well, then he then he turns back and he's actually you know fully charming and British. Which, which, like at no point did did that fool me. Even slightly. No, totally. Because I was like, there's not going to be an entire film about this. No. That's a long movie. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the jokes seem to be, oh, well, it, it's okay. He's not that kind of disabled person. Mm. Like, yeah, it was a weird, it was a very weird joke. Yeah. I have someone to meet you. 
Yeah, he's dating Mrs. Tate. Will, this is Louisa Clark. I'm Lou. <laughs> Will. <laughs> William. <laughs> Hello, Louisa Clark. I'm Will Trainer. You appear to have a problem with your skirt. Do you have a best actor in this film? Oh, God. Because um, I've got two. You've got two that you thought were genuinely really good. Yes. Okay, well, you go then. Equally. Okay. Um, I would say Amelia Clark's left eyebrow and her <laughs> right eyebrow. I'm so glad you brought this up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were... They were acting more than anyone else. They deserved supporting character cast credit in this film, her eyebrows. And I did wonder if it's because when she's in Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. she has to be very still and regal, and she yeah. doesn't really do much expression. Like he, she keeps her face very placid. Mm-hmm. So I wondered if, like in this, it was, her eyebrows were like I'm free, and they're just like <laughs> jumping all over her face. Was, yeah, she was doing a lot of eyebrow work. Mm. A lot of her acting was going on like above the nose. Yeah, it was really that was where everything was happening. Yeah, I was really distracted by those. Yes, mm. it was good. They, they they brought something to the film. They brought a little bit of enjoyment. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you think you can think of a drinking game there? This is a uh, little segment you wanted to bring, wasn't it? Yeah, this is a new section I'm introducing to our podcast. We'll see how it, how it goes. My working title for us is Beyond the Shots Set. Oh. We can probably do better, but... Uh, yeah? Yeah. So I have a couple of... So this is right, basically... Write in if you think of something better. Yeah, listeners, please let us know. So I have a few drinking games for this film. So take a drink every time there's a shot of her feet that very slowly pans up her, her legs. There were a few. Did you notice this? Yeah, there whoever shot this film had a massive foot fetish <laughs> or an Amelia Clark's legs in stockings foot fetish. Mm. But yeah, I noticed that a lot. Similarly, every time somebody tells Amelia Clark how stupid she is... <laughs> oh, it's harsh, but true. Yeah. I mean, oh. she wasn't stupid, but she, uh, she was bumbling. Everybody acted like she was a complete idiot. Yeah. Like, it was really... Everyone belittled her and patronised her so much. I started mm-hmm. feeling really sorry for yeah, her. Yeah, same. Yeah. And it, it, to the point where in the beginning she was presented as being so kind of idiotic mm. that I kind of wondered if the film was going to do a twist and it was going to be revealed that she actually had the mind of a child <laughs> like so it was like you know he's physically disabled and she's mentally you know. I see I see but no she seemed like she was fine like yeah she was actually quite compositive but mm-hmm. ev- everyone everyone not just him like he was so horrible to her throughout mm. but everybody treated her like she was a complete idiot and mm-hmm. I started I started really it starts really stress me out I started to feel really bad for her right here's what I know about you Miss Clark my mother says you're chatty. Yeah. Can we strike a deal whereby you are very unchatty around me? Every time I speak, he looks at me like I'm stupid. To be fair, you are pretty stupid. Yeah, but he doesn't know that yet. <laughs> this is delicious, Mrs. Clark. Well, we wanted to make today special. Wish Trina could have been here. She's the brains of the family. She got put up two years at school, didn't she, Bernard? Overtook our Lou. Um, so I just wanted to say we're very proud of you, love. And, um, I don't know what we would have done without you this past year. Oh, Dad. And, Will, thank you for employing her. Someone had to. Hey! Don't worry. Mum will come round. Mum will come round. I'll talk to her. You're doing the right thing, Lou. You have to go. 
Every time somebody tells Amelia Clark how stupid she is, or every time this film could be very easily reshot to have Will as the villain. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, an edit of this in which he is the didn't, didn't think of that, but yeah. yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, I just thought, what, what if he was faking the whole way through? Not even that, just... Oh, I should have done that for my sequel. Yeah. People in wheelchairs can still be evil. Well, true. Yeah. We'll do all tens of readings later, but one of mine yeah. was um, Me Before You. Just because he's in a wheelchair doesn't mean he's not a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Was, yeah, yeah I really, really disliked him quite intensely through this whole film. Yeah. It's Because there was never a point when it felt like he redeemed himself no because that's the thing you're introduced to him in the opening scene where he's being a bit of a dickhead to his girlfriend and he just looks like a a rich prick yeah and that's the character that he's portraying Mm -hmm. and then he gets hit by a bike and now he's a quadriplegic but still a prick but still a prick and not just that he keeps saying this isn't me Mm -hmm. like I died on that day or something or you know I'm not what I used to be I wish I was like I used to be and I'm just like why? Surely, surely this is the. In fact, this is the one thing that wasn't predictable. I thought that he was going to turn around and he was going to be happy with where he was slightly, mm. even if like he still wanted to die or something. But he was content with who he was. But he never became content with who he was. He always just wanted to be that dickhead from the start. Yeah, I didn't feel like either of them went on any kind of journey in this film. They both kind of started and ended in pretty much the same place. Kind well, of. Well, um, Amelia Clark's character did end up actually leaving that town and. Go and traveling, which she did. She would never have done otherwise. True, but none of that came from her. She had. She was so passive True. in this film. Mm. Everything that happened was somebody else suggesting it to her or doing it for her. Throughout this whole film, he, he keeps belittling her life. Somebody's like, "Oh, you've never been anywhere. You, you have no experience. You're wasting your life, and all this kind of stuff." Mm-hmm. I never felt that from her. I never. They never made me feel that she felt was fundamentally unhappy mm-hmm. in her relationship either. But then he kind of convinces her that she is. It felt like a weird, like, power play. Yeah. It felt like he was constantly, basically, t- forcing her to do stuff. And she was, it was almost like a sub-dom kind of relationship thing going on. Have you ever mm. seen the movie Secretary? No. This felt like the movie Secretary to me, which is about, a, it's a Maggie Gyllenhaal and James Spader film, uh, which we'll do at some point. It's amazing. In which, basically, it's like a slave-master relationship. Mm-hmm. It's like, and it's quite, it's quite a kinky film. But this felt like that, but like really, but with disability instead of sex. Mm. Where he just basically uses his disability and his privilege as a rich person to kind of make her do things. Because every, every time he, he always tells her to do things in this really, it's not like, would you like to do this? It's like, mm-hmm. even when he leaves the money when he dies, it's like, go to this cafe don't open this until this time. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do mm-hmm. this. It was so prescriptive. I think she could have had a perfectly happy life if she never met him. I didn't feel like she yeah. he rescued her from anything. No, not at all. I didn't feel like she needed rescuing. And yeah, and so, and even things like their relationship, when she starts taking him around the world, you know, trying to get him to do his bucket list and stuff. Even mm-hmm. that's not her idea. That's her sister's idea. <laughs> like she genuinely point, yeah. achieves nothing in this film off her own back everything mm-hmm. comes from other people from him handing her money and privilege and mm-hmm. or from other people telling her you're stupid this is what you should do mm-hmm. yeah so she had no journey no arc and he had no arc because he was a dick at the start and he was a dick at the end like... <laughs> <laughs> well can't deny it yeah. it just made so many weird choices like the thing with her boyfriend as well mm. oh by the way did you clock who the boyfriend was yeah never long bottom well it took me it took me quite a while actually because I could hear it in his voice. I was like, okay, he sounds exactly like Neville. <laughs> he looks a lot like Neville, but just not quite. Yeah. And that's because, oh, I've forgotten his name, but he, he he changes all the time. 
What, the actor? Yeah, have you seen him at, like, different ages? I've seen him in Harry Potter and in this. I don't know what else he's done. Well, that's, that's obviously in Harry Potter. I was a fan of about eight to ten years. I forget how long the Most films people were. look a bit different between the ages of, like, eight and eighteen. Well, yeah, but he looked like a different person in each film and then still looks completely different even now oh. to how he looked in the last Harry Potter. Okay. Which I find... Great. He's like the, the Michael Jackson of the Harry Potter universe. Just... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Normally in a film like this, because this, as I say, this was, you know, a very predictable formulaic film in many ways. Mm-hmm. And there's a place for that. I think, you know, it's kind of like comfort food. I, think I can see why people like these kind of films. But I thought the way they did it with this film was so weird because normally like the, the cliche would be she'd be with kind of a dickish boyfriend and then wheelchair guy Will would be the guy she's meant to be with. Mm. And she'd kind of, the course of the film would be her realising that he's actually the right one for her. Mm-hmm. And the other guy doesn't love her or respect her or treat her very mm-hmm. well. And eventually, you know, she dumps the zero and she gets with a hero. You mm-hmm. know? But it really didn't feel like he was that bad. No, it didn't, did <laughs> it? Seemed, I mean, I could see what they were pointing out of just like, he he's all about himself and he's yeah. not thinking about her. And like his birthday present was his name. Yeah. I can, I can see what they were trying to do there but I still didn't really buy it no because the other guy was always thinking of himself as well yeah I didn't feel like but just she was taking pity on him yeah basically yeah Mm. I mean to be fair fitness freaks are the absolute worst so he did deserve (laughs) everything he got Mm. but I didn't feel like he was a bad person Mm -hmm. what's this oh it's the the trip I told you about I thought you meant lords or something hot tub under the stars Massages, swim with dolphins. Oh, look, five-star luxury, 24-hour room service. This isn't work. Do you really expect me to sit here while you swan off with another man on a honeymoon? His other caregiver's coming too. Oh, two guys. Oh, well, that's all right then. Patrick, this is really important. Do you know how this feels? It's like I'm running permanently, just a little behind the rest of the field. It's like... There's something bad around the bend and everyone seems to know what it is except me. Patrick. Seven years we've been together, Lou. You've, you've known him five months. But he needs me. And I don't. When it's her birthday, mm. and this is when I really felt like this film could be edited into a version of the film in which Will is the villain. Mm-hmm. Because he turns up at their house and just is... So condescending mm-hmm. and so horrible to everyone. Mm-hmm. Like he comes in through the front door and the, the dad goes to like awkwardly shake his hand. It's like, oh dear. And then he goes, oh, it's a curtsy. We'll be fine. I don't know he's joking, but I was still like, fuck you. Because he's like super, super rich. And he's in this house of these people who are like supposed to be super, super poor. Mm-hmm. And, it, and then he kind of mentions that the dad brings up that he, his company got asset stripped. Mm-hmm. He's like, did you ever hear of this guy? Like, oh, yes, I trained him. Yeah. <laughs> And they're like, oh, what a, what a coincidence. Like, I disagree with the curtsy bit. I think that was good to just make a little joke to diffuse the moment. I okay. think that, that, that bit I didn't disagree with. But when Patrick started giving, well, obviously that didn't go down so well, but he just stuck with it. Yeah. He was like, oh yeah, thanks for the fitness advice. Thanks, Patrick. That's great. That's really helpful. And then as he says goodbye, thanks for the fitness advice again. That was great. Yeah, like, it just felt just like he was... Don't remind him. Just... Yeah, it was you know, a faux pas. Yeah. <laughs> just leave it. Yeah, and he was really digging into it. And then he kept saying really smarmy things like, uh, oh, you, your girlfriend gives a great sponge bath. It was like, he was just being a dick. Ah, lads. Welcome. Bernard Clark. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't... I didn't... A curtsy will be fine. Oh. <laughs> curtsy. Nice one. So, Will... You bought and sold companies. Something like that. 
Would you know this fella, Alan Stonehouse? The one who, um, what is it? Asset stripped our firm. I'm afraid I trained him. It's good to meet you all. And Patrick, thank you for the uh, fitness advice. Just helping my girlfriend get the best out of her job. Oh, you're a lucky man. She certainly gives a good bed bath. Now, OK, so this film clearly struck a nerve with us. Yeah. Now, do you have a favourite moment in this film? Spoiler alert, I do. OK. A favourite moment... Well, I mean, it's always good when Joanna Lumley shows up. That was mine too. Yeah. <laughs> Even though, again, she kind of shows up and just does her Joanna Lumley thing. She says, oh, Will, Will, Will's the only one that's worth anything of these people. But mm. again, it's like, we never see this. I think there's some really strange messages in this film that I found genuinely a little bit worrying. Mm-hmm. Because this film is you know, obviously aimed at young girls and stuff. And I think like one of them is like, oh, if he treats you like shit, but people say he's a nice guy, really, you should stick with him because he'll probably turn out okay in the end. Like, yeah. There was a lot of that going on. And yeah, there was, I guess, so Joanna Lumley just shows up almost to justify the relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was great to see her because she's Joanna Lumley. And mm-hmm. but, um, I think that was about it, really. This is a bit depressing. Mm. Still, one can't do these things sober. Oh, no, wait, there's alcohol in this stuff. Absolutely, darling. And I firmly encourage you to get as drunk as possible. <laughs> I hear rumours that the father of the bride is going to inflict another speech on us. <laughs> oh, no, 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 but I'm supposed to be driving Will home. Oh, yes, young Will. He was her chance, you know. Only one of that lot that was worth a damn. Terrible shame. Well, he's not dead. No, right, for her, not him. No, Rupert's an arsehole. You take care of him. He's a good one. Take it from one who knows. Four marriages and counting. What would you say the message of this film is? Um, like the moral, if there is one. I'm just drafting them through my head. I'm thinking things like, you know, if, 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 you, if you do get in an accident, if, if you think all's lost, it's not, but... But it is. Well, that, it is, because he <laughs> decides to die at the end. I don't know, because everybody has a bad time, but everybody seems happy at the end. Or dead. Or dead. Happy or dead. Yeah, I thought the message about disability in this film was also very strange because it was he was there's this thing with rom-coms where it's, it always has to be a super rich guy it can't just be an average joe like he's like he literally owns the castle mm. and he's paraplegic fair enough but he seems like you know he has all the care in the world you know he, he has mm-hmm. all the money to deal with it he has pretty much a full-time care he's got hair he's got his parents he's got money he's never got to worry about money in his life mm. and yet at the end like you said he's, he's like well no i'm still gonna kill myself and it felt really arbitrary well you're talking about material possessions and money as reasons to live in that scenario there. Mm-hmm. Which okay. I don't really think is... No, like... but it felt weird because it felt like it wasn't going to get much worse for him than it already was. Not At least not in the short term. Like, if mm-hmm. if he had some terrible wasting disease mm-hmm. where he was, it was literally going to be like, get worse. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying that... I think everyone should have the right to decide the manner and time of their own deaths. I'm very much pro-assisted mm-hmm. suicide being an, an, an option if it's regulated carefully. Yeah. And I'm also not saying that people with, I don't know, like motor neuron diseases should automatically make that choice. Mm-hmm. But it would make more sense to me and to the, for this film if he was in a position where there was a ticking clock. But there wasn't any ticking clock. If I was a disabled person watching this film, I think I'd be quite offended because it's like he had all the opportunities in the world and he's still like, oh no, life's not worth living. Which I thought was a really strange message. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. It's odd. Hmm. I have some questions about outfits. Oh, every week. Every week. No, but this week in particular. I don't understand this thing. Maybe you can help me with this. Mm. Is it why is it attractive for 
to men, mm-hmm. I assume, for grown women to dress like five-year-old girls. I really think she was dressing like a five-year-old girl. Oh, she was. Was she? She was dressed like my niece going to going to, to first date reception. It was always like the stripy leggings and the primary colours, the pigtails. She really, really was dressed like a child. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't really have an answer to that question. <laughs> You're pleading the fifth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just find it strange. I, I don't understand it because it doesn't happen with men. Mm-hmm. You don't see romantic male leads in films dressed like little boys mm-hmm. in, you know, in like shorts or um, I don't know Pokemon t-shirts and stuff yeah. like that would immediately be a red flag but yeah she I guess she, it just tied in with her being so infantilised I felt like this film really infantilised her and yeah I just thought it was very very odd also this I think this might possibly be the whitest film we've watched so far see I'm glad you pointed that out because this is always a thing that I never noticed mm-hmm it's always when somebody mentions it at the end that like no that everybody in that film was white and yeah. I'm just like oh man they were I didn't notice <laughs> and now I feel bad for not noticing well that's white privilege Harry <laughs> oh god <laughs> yeah I actually watched this twice um, <laughs> <laughs> oh I, I know well the second because I, I watched because it occurred to me I was like I'm going to go I want to make sure I want to watch that back and I specifically watched it back just looking for any racial diversity whatsoever mm-hmm. and I managed to spot two black extras in the wedding scene mm-hmm. that was like there was like a black couple in the wedding scene background no lines everyone else in this film was as white as white can be like it was a white white world right and yeah watching the again another reason i struggled to find him likable or anything about his life likable was that i especially like the wedding scene or any scene with his friends i just kept thinking to myself all of these characters vote tory every single <laughs> one of them. yeah if he hadn't been hit by that motorcycle he would have grown up to be Boris Johnson or Jacob Rees-Mogg. He would have been a Tory councillor and just, yeah. yeah it was probably, that kind of, right. it, was, it was really that. By the way, are we to assume that they had sex? Well, how could they have had sex? No. I don't know, but I know, I know that some disabled people can still have sex. Some disabled well, men can still have sex. Well, he's paralysed from the neck down. Yeah, that means he can't move any, any muscles, but yeah. I don't know if that means he can't have an erect penis. All I know is that in the theory of everything, they state very clearly Stephen Hawking can still have sex. Can he? Yeah. I did not know that. <laughs> well, I mean, th- that's the other it's, thing. It's, it's a d- different condition now. True, 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 true. Well, that, that leads on to another thing. Like, his tongue still worked. You know, wouldn't that have been great? Wouldn't that have been great if they'd, they'd done a scene where she, she just sits in his face? I'm, like, <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> that would have been a tonal shift. Yeah, but it would have been like, well, I, mean, I don't mean they have to suddenly turn it into a porn, but I just mean like, you know, they could have addressed that. Because you're right, they didn't really address it. Like it was just it was very true, but I'm sure they were just leaving it to the imagination. But they didn't even suggest it. Like that's what they never had that conversation particularly. True. That that's the thing. It was a very sexless film. Mm. It felt very very like I never really bought into any kind of chemistry between them. Mm-hmm. Mostly because he seemed like an evil supervillain and she just seemed like a child, which is you know, not a dynamic I find particularly sexy. But, uh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. All right. So John in. An alternate universe, what would this film be? Oh, give me, your, give, me, give me alternative readings. Alternative readings, okay. So I've already done one, which is Me Before You, just because he's disabled doesn't mean he's not a cunt. <laughs> My other one is, uh, <clears throat> I can't do the voice, you're better at voices than me, but I'll try. <clears throat> this Valentine's Day, every girl's, sorry, this Valentine's Day. Can you go deeper? This Valentine's Day. There we go. This Valentine's Day. Get a little closer to the mic as well, get okay. more bass in there. Okay. This Valentine's Day. 
every woman's romantic fantasy, falling for a paraplegic millionaire with six months to live. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> and my one was just me before you, gaslighting. <laughs> sure. Are you familiar with the term gaslighting? Uh... No, I'm not, but I've already laughed. Yeah, I've <laughs> <laughs> Gaslighting is a, a form of psychological torture where you convince another person, you kind of undermine them subtly and make them think that they are in the wrong or insane or unstable or something. God, I wish I didn't ask. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I felt like that's what this film was. Mm-hmm. A lot of It was a lot of people, especially him, just kind of undermining her subtly mm-hmm. and just chipping away at her very fragile self-esteem. Well, um, I struggled with any level of creativity on this film. Yeah. As you know, I struggled to write an idea and I have not come up with an alternative reading this week. Oh, well, next time. Have any of the listeners? Um, no, I didn't put that out there. Okay. We ask a lot of our listeners already. You know, We ask them sure. for sequels and stuff. And we've got to do some of the heavy lifting ourselves. You know? <laughs> True. All right, so, well, so I'll go first because okay. that's how it works. Also, my name isn't the most creative. I'd called mine You Before Me. Okay. So, we'll see. Well, sure, sure. Lou is travelling around Europe as exactly as we left her. Mm-hmm. And well, at one point, she's there with all the bags and massive heavy rain. She's crossing the road and she slows the mire in a building and gets hit by traffic. Oh, okay. So, kind of the, the exact same intro, but just, like I said before, turning on its head. So God, That is the worst look. <laughs> <laughs> That's the intro to the film. Okay. Two months later. Okay. Lou is at Will's parents' house. Okay. Um, she's actually in Will's old chair because, like, they've got all the facilities there. They like her. Um, and they... <laughs> what? What? What are you laughing at? I'm sorry, but it just... It felt a little bit to me like the original film, like the parents probably weren't completely caught up when he died. Like, you know, because, I mean, it's quite a burden looking mm-hmm. at caring for a severely disabled child. Mm-hmm. I think because they didn't seem like very nice parents anyway. Mm-hmm. Part of me was a bit like when he went. They were like, oh, well, you know, every every cloud. <laughs> Let's go on well, holiday. Like, okay, well... So I bet they'd be pissed off. I can just imagine her rocking up, like, you know, at the, at the front door and then be like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> but go on. Well, let's say that's how it happened and they, mm-hmm. like, they resent her or whatever. But she's still um, living there. But, yeah, she's still living there. Yeah, and she's she's not doing well. Much as much as Will was, she's quite depressed. She's just not happy with her life at all. She actually has the same carer. Um, Nathan comes over a couple times a day to... They put in a film deal with her physical needs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they really draw a veil over that, don't they? They did, didn't they? Oh, it was nice. I'm glad they did that. Okay. Yeah, and she requested him specifically because, you know, she knew him, obviously. So, yeah, she's there and her sister Skypes her every day because her sister moved away to go and, I don't know, bring up a child or something. Oh, no, she went to university. Was it to university? Because, because somebody dropped out of business studies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that laugh made me laugh. That line made me laugh. <laughs> You won't believe it. Somebody's dropped out of a business studies course. Like, <laughs> I would imagine of all the university courses there are, you know, all the common university courses, mm-hmm. I imagine business studies has a fairly high dropout rate. I dropped out of business studies in A-level. There you go. See? Yeah. <laughs> and then went on into a job in business coaching. Oh, well. Pretty don't, pretty don't need it. No, absolutely. Anyway, continue. Yeah, so yeah her sister scraps every day. She sees her dad every day because he works on the grounds there still. Yeah. That's his job. Mm-hmm. And uh, her mum comes too often for her liking. Okay. Her mum's quite sort of, what's it, it's overprotective? It's not quite the word, but just... Overbearing? Overbearing, yes. Yeah. This coming weekend, it's, it's her birthday coming okay. up. And so Will's parents have decided to throw a party for her. How old do you think she is in this film? She said she's 26. She's 26, okay, fair enough. So yeah, again, I would have guessed, from the way she was dressed, I would have guessed 12, but yeah. You know. <laughs> 
You're over exaggerating this. I'm really not. I'm really not. Look at look at look it up, Harry. She's totally dressed like a child. Sure. Yeah, and so there's a party going to happen this weekend, which the whole family are going to come. Some of her friends are going to come as well, including her sister Trina. Okay. And so that her and Trina are having a conversation over Skype, and Trina asks if she wants to invite Patrick to to sing in the weekend. Obviously, they broke up near the end of the film, and he went off to Norway to go and do this triathlon or something. Yeah. To be fair, he was the worst. <laughs> and so Lou says, no, like he's in Norway training for it's the biggest triathlon in the world and I don't want to distract him from his goals. Like, and he doesn't actually know what happened to her. Like, oh, he, he, he doesn't realise. No, because they broke up and he went to Norway and she's okay. not really made it public that she's now a quadriplegic. She's not put it on Facebook. No. no. <laughs> it's been like two months or something. Yeah. So the party comes and it goes, well, it's a lovely sunny day and a massive country house garden or castle garden whatever big cake loads of pudding and everybody's there trina even brings her her daughter let's say that she's three cute little daughter it was a son in the original film okay it brings her son yeah. and he was about five already he was about five <laughs> i knew <laughs> she could have had another child yeah. uh maybe yeah and trina was actually quite excited to see nathan because she's got a bit of a crush Nathan's nathan is her the, carer the australian carer okay cool well at one point in this party her mum starts talking to her and her mum says that she's uh, actually just finished a course and she is now a qualified carer. Okay. She keeps that quiet. But she's opening with a short course, crash course maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I think that would be a, um, a slightly insensitive name for a course for dealing with uh, the, the disabled. <laughs> a crash course. in. A... You know, you could take a crash course in driving. Can you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So then her mum asked her, well, why didn't you invite Patrick? He was always... It was always so lovely. You should get back together with him. He was nice. And she's like, Mommy's moved on. And I don't love him anymore. Which she's kind of saying to her mum, but also kind of telling herself, like reaffirming. Okay. And her mum's always asking her to do, to do things like that. And to let her take her out of the house every now and then. And then she even asks, now that she's a carer, can she be Lou's primary carer? Mm-hmm. She says, Mum, please don't take this the wrong way, but I don't want you to care for me. I've got Nathan for that and... I don't want you to become that person in my life. Also, I'm living in a castle, bitch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, don't screw the pooch on this, mom. Come on. <laughs> obviously, her mum does not take this the right way and argues uh-huh. back. It's my right to care for my own daughter. It's a, it's a mother's place to care for her daughter, and and I, I am your mother. Please don't be like that, mum. It's, it's not that I don't want to care. I just don't want to. I don't want you to be the person that I associate with going to the toilet with. And so it turns into a row, and they have a massive falling out okay. in front of everybody. And, you know, it's very tense. Her mum storms off, obviously. Lou doesn't storm off. <laughs> she just no. sort of sits there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that reminded me, actually, okay, sorry to interrupt again. Another scene that did make me chuckle a little bit. There's a scene near the end of the film where he reveals that he still wants to commit suicide mm-hmm. when they're on holiday. And then she gets really upset and she tells him she wishes she never met him. Yeah. And then she storms off and it's the middle of the night and Nathan's already gone up to have sex with some Australian blonde lady. <laughs> yeah. And he's just, he's in the wheelchair in the sand. And it's like, yeah. I really wanted him to shout out, I'm, I'm stuck. Because <laughs> how's he going to get out of that? Like, <laughs> put it, felt like she, it felt like she really just left him there. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair enough, I'm going to understand why she's pissed off, but you still have some responsibilities as his carer. And yeah. Is he out there all night? Is that why you got sick? Like, hmm? I guess so, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, so Lou's already feeling quite bad with her life in general. Yeah. But now that she's fallen out with her mum, she's feeling awful. Okay. And so she's in tears. And so so her sister, Trina, comes and takes her off and they go and talk it out. And so Lou says that, well, I, 
almost make, just make me feel really imp- oppressed and you know, I just don't like it. And so Trina suggests, well, why don't we, why don't we go away? It's you and me to go on a holiday together and just get away from it all. Okay, so her sister is playing the role of her in the original film and she's kind of. basically Will. Okay. Yeah, a little bit. Okay. I mean, it's her sister's idea in, in the first place, wasn't true, it? True, true, true. Yeah, so she, she should have really been a carer. Like, yeah, maybe. maybe. Rather, forget business studies. You've clearly got the acumen for this. <laughs> yeah. Well, Lou doesn't really want to do anything because she's feeling negative and just down about everything. She just wants to mope around. But her sister convinces her to just, you know, think about it for a bit. Think about it. So the party finishes, Lou gets put to bed and she does start thinking everything over. And, well, when she wakes up in the morning... Uh, Nathan's there to wake her up, and first thing she says is, "I want, I want to video call my sister." So she does. She said, "I've thought about it, and I want to go on holiday as long as that holiday is to Norway." Okay. <laughs> to see Patrick? Yes, it's his triathlon in two weeks' time, and I would love to see him win it. <laughs> well, I guess that's decided then. I guess we're going to Norway. I'll, I'll, I'll book the tickets. And so two weeks later, they arrive in Norway mm-hmm. with. Okay, and Nathan. Will, so she's just going to be waiting at the finish line in a wheelchair, not mm-hmm. with no warning for him. Mm-hmm. Okay. She doesn't necessarily want, want him to see it. She just wants to see him win. She wants to. Oh, okay, fine. Have a bit of positivity in her life. Because I feel like if it's like a photo finish, and then she he spots that, that's going to yeah, distract him a lot. Yeah. <laughs> really going to screw the pooch. Yeah. yeah, that wouldn't be so good. No. Um, no, that is not her plan. Okay. Um, <laughs> I said they have a nice hotel booked and. It's uh, conveniently, well, deliberately, quite close to the start and finish line. The race is a bit of a loop. Okay. Yeah, there's a couple of semi-finals happening, which they watch on the hotel TV. So yeah, for the final, they uh, they go to the start line to watch the race. So the initial bit of this triathlon is swimming. Okay. They see Patrick there. He's on the the platform, jetty. What do you call it the bit they jump off? It's not a diving board. So there's like 50 of them. In my extensive experience of running triathlons, um, I have no idea. Thanks, John. That's very helpful. Yeah, and so they go. They go to the start, and they see him start. And he, he, the race kicks off well. He's in, he's in first place for a fair bit of it. He's, he's not too far. He's quite close to everyone. Okay. Um, I have a feeling I know what's going to happen, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's not going to get a wand out or something. That's not going to happen. Well, he's only in swimming trunks. He could, you know, one wrong movement, he could very easily get his wand out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so uh, he sets off on a swimming bit, and that all goes very well. Then Lou, Tree, and Nathan make a bit of a dash for the finish line. Obviously, in some kind of convoy with Ron running in front, with uh, Lou in the middle, and then maybe Nathan at the back, just making sure that everybody gets out of the way. Like, we need to get through. <laughs> Meantime, they're watching it on an iPad. Okay. Is this for the inevitable product placement? What, of Apple? Yeah. There was, sure. there was a lot of Apple product placement in this film. I didn't notice any of it, but let's carry on. Okay. Yeah, and so Patrick's not doing very well in the cycling stage. He actually falls back into fourth place, okay. which uh, which isn't so good. But he certainly excels in the final stage, which is running. Mm-hmm. And so they're at the finish waiting for him. Well, not waiting for him. They're there watching the finish line. So did they manage to run the entire triathlon? Right? Like I said, it was kind of a loop, so it finishes nearby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not like rockets attached to this wheelchair. <laughs> hey, you've gone pretty fast in the film. Okay, true. Yeah. You know that bit uh, when they finish that wedding or something, they go out. She's sitting on his lap and... Oh, true, true, true. Yeah. Was, yeah. yeah, and so they watch as he comes a very close second. Okay. Doesn't quite win. Comes a close second. But he has like a 30 second lead over third place. So it's okay. pretty good. So you cross the line and instantly Lou asks to leave because like she really doesn't want him to see her. Oh, okay. Especially the way she is. So they start leaving but they're not quick enough. And in fact, uh, Patrick sees, he sees Trina through one of the cameras that's filming the crowd. Okay. 
recognises her and instantly jogs over to her and sees Lou in a wheelchair for the first time ever. And he's standing in front of her, absolutely speechless. And so Lou says to uh, to Nathan and Trina, guys, can you just give us a minute, please? Hi, Patrick. Hi, hi, hi Lou. What, what, what happened? Are you okay? Stupid, stupid. And he just <laughs> marks himself like that. And so Lou chuckles a little bit and... She's missed how he, he never really thinks before he speaks, and he's just always you know, he's just a bit silly, just bumbling about. It's fine, Patrick. I, well, it's not fine. I mean, I, I'm I'm paralyzed from the neck down, but I can still, you know, I can still be in this wheelchair, and I've been this way for the best part of two months. I'm so, I'm so sorry. You, Does you, he know that Will is dead? Uh I haven't really written that in, so I guess not. Let's just ignore that. You think he might be a bit like, what is, is this like a weird cult now? Like, <laughs> you'd, you'd, you'd have a lot of questions. Of just it. move past it. Move okay, past okay. It. He says, oh, I'm so sorry. And she says, well, you don't need to be sorry. He's like, no, no, I'm not for that. I, I'm, I'm sorry for everything. I'm sorry for, for not treating you with the respect you deserved when, when we were together. I've, I've been thinking about it and I wasn't good. And she says, well, I'm sorry that I didn't pay you like the attention that you were asking for. Like, I wasn't good to you either. And so he says, I'll do anything and everything for you now. And she says, no, Patrick, I'm I'm so proud of where you've got. And like, look what you just did. I don't want you to stop that. If you want to race, you race. You can win this race next year. And I want to be there to watch you do it. And he says, well, what about you? And she says, I'll, I'll be fine now that I, I know that you're doing well. And he says, well, who, who have you got to look out for you? I've got my family. And oh, when I get back, my, my mom's going to take care of me. So Patrick leans over and kisses her on the forehead and says, I'm glad you're doing okay, Lou. And he turns to leave and she says, Patrick, and he turns around and she says, I love you. Patrick turns around and smiles at her and says, I love you too. And that's the end. Oh, that was very sweet. <laughs> it was? Yeah. I don't like getting soppy. No. Well, you did. Yeah. Move on. Yours. <laughs> Your idea. <laughs> no, considering you're not, not you're not normally a big fan of like doing the romance ones, and that was like that was quite sweet and sincere. You left then. me very few options. Uh, yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> but yeah, that was nice. Oh, any questions? So she, at no point does she consider assisted suicide. Uh, no. Um, Good. Yeah, she was she was getting a bit down, but I, I don't really think it got quite that far. Good. She did, she did have a lot of people around her who, yeah, they were making feel a little oppressed at times, but. You know, it was with good intentions, but uh, obviously with Will, I think he was an only child, wasn't he? And his parents were quite distant. Mm-hmm. He didn't seem to have as many people caring for him. as. Oh, so you think did. that's why? I think it was other people's fault. Maybe. Yeah. I don't mean, I felt like she had a more positive outlook on life in general. I think she would handle being in a wheelchair better than he yeah. would. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, the, the, the Neville character definitely got a bit of a raw deal in this film. Yes. So, yeah. yeah, actually, I thought that you were going to be a bit like me and go a bit dark and it was going to, he was going to have some kind of accident on the triathlon. Yeah, there, I, there were so many dark turns that I nearly took this. Mm-hmm. So many that I won't get into because they were too dark. Oh no, please so, don't. So, uh, no, no, we'll save that for off air. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'll do my idea now. Uh, I actually have two ideas this week but they're both quite short. Okay, good. So, yeah, I couldn't think of like one that I could flesh out into a full story so these are both a little bit thin but maybe you can help with them. Okay. We'll see. So the first one's actually... My creativity has been stretched today. (laughs) Well, we'll see. Uh, So the first one's actually not a million miles away from yours. Okay. Maybe the closest we've come to having the same idea so far. It's Mm -hmm. not exactly the same. So my first sequel idea is called Me Before You 2, Hell on Wheels. Oh, that was uh, one of my alternate titles, was Me Before You 2, where the film is entirely in build-up to a a U2 concert. Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, there's a lot of puns. That you can do there. <laughs> so no, this is just me before you two. As well. As well. In addition. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not me before you two. Okay. Bono and co. Uh, <laughs> Hell on wheels. Bono and co. Yeah. <laughs> that was their original name. <laughs> It, and this is basically the same, the exact same film as the original. Mm. So much like last week with her, it's a, it's a kind of midquel, sidequel. Sure. Yeah. But it's all from Neville Longbottom's perspective. Right. So his name's Patrick. His name's Patrick. Fine. Patrick. Uh, and it's just about some poor guy who's, you know, just, just a simple salt of the earth chap who's just living his dreams, you know, mm. training for a marathon, mm-hmm. in love with his sweet natured girlfriend. And suddenly some evil rich guy in a wheelchair comes along and attempts to destroy his life. <laughs> And the whole film's just like, I think that it could be a really fun, good, like, dark comedy. Yeah. Because how do you fight back against someone who's got a quadriplegia? You mm. know, he instantly got all this sympathy. Mm-hmm. So it's just all the, I just like the idea that he's the only person who can see that this character is evil. And everyone else is like, oh, he's so brave. He's so noble. <laughs> and he's like, he's a dick. Like, he's stealing my girlfriend. This seems so. to be a common occurrence with you. You always seem to take the, uh, or supposed to be the, the sympathetic character or the well the character you feel sympathy for or the hero or just the good character in general or what they're supposed to be and then you turn them into the villain but I mean in this film surely you can see it oh I can definitely see it yeah but uh, you tend to do them quite a few well I think well I think it's important in life to look at both sides of things and to look at both perspectives and to try and see the good in the bad and the bad in the good and mm-hmm. it's just you know I'm very interested in psychology so I like to think okay. about people, what people have got going on sure because like, characters who are just presented as good and aren't really fleshed out. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not a, there's there's got to be something going on under under the surface there. Mm-hmm. So I like I like to think about that a lot. Yeah. So. yeah. So yeah. Anyway, and that's about it. So it's just this idea that the whole film is his attempt to convince everyone that Will is evil before mm-hmm. he steals Louisa away forever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know how that will play out. I guess eventually he, when Will kills himself <laughs> or goes to Dignitas, maybe he chases Louisa down to Paris and tries to convince her to come home and get married. And you know, maybe what would she say though? Uh, see, I feel like Will's kind of turned her against him, so I think he might say no at first. Maybe, maybe they go on a journey together. Maybe he has to prove that he can. Yeah, he'd have to certainly prove something rather than just turn up and say, "Hey, come home, <laughs> Louisa, come home." Very short <laughs> film. Credits are off. <laughs> okay. Well, she's so passive. I could kind of see it. She'd be like, "Oh, okay, I guess I will." <laughs> mm. Or maybe she, maybe he has to like win her back, and then it becomes like a sequel where he, you know, has to, like yours, he spends a little bit of time with her. Allows her to, you know, follow her own dreams and support her a little bit, maybe. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so that's that. So my other sequel is called Me Before You. As in E-W-E? Yeah, as in the Me sheep. Before Sheep, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, where's this going? And this is a Disney movie musical. Right. Yeah, because halfway through watching this film, I realised that this film is basically Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. It really has the exact same plot all the way through. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Apart from the end. Apart from the end, yeah. But essentially, yeah. it... <laughs> okay. Yeah, because it's like this. Except that the beast is actually nicer than Will. Uh, well, yeah. The beast goes on much more of like an emotional journey in beating the beast than this guy does. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, it's basically this rich prick who's you know <laughs> living in a literal castle, uh-huh. and she's like the poor, impoverished, like peasant girl in the local village. Yeah. Who then you know gets summoned to the castle, you know. For, to help her father out, who's, you know, because the family is super poor. And for some reason, even though it's the 21st century, the daughter is expected to make money for the whole family. So are you calling uh, Sam Clayton, who is the, the actor of Will, are you calling him a beast? Are you saying he looks like a monster? I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that his disability is equivalent with being a monster. What I'm saying <laughs> is that, you know, he, he is a person who has a problem. 
<laughs> I'm treading so carefully. Um, <laughs> this is fun. You're sweating a lot. <laughs> I plead the fifth. Um, right, yeah, he's a person who... He's not conven- a conventional leading man, shall we say. Mm-hmm. He has a condition that precludes him being a conventional love interest. Mm-hmm. In Beauty and the Beast, it is the fact that he is a beast. In this, it is the fact that he is quadriplegic. Mm-hmm. And... And both films end with the, you know, the plucky peasant girl, you know, brought in from the local town to work for him mm-hmm. and become his live-in servant. Mm-hmm. And eventually, you know, she sees past the, the the surface and falls in love with him. Okay. Yeah, you've definitely got something there. So how does that turn into a, in, into a film then? Well, it is a film. Beauty and the Beast is a film. So it's that. I'm just, it's, it's like telling that story. This made me think that this would make a good... So can I just clarify? The idea that you've come up with this week is... It's, it's not just similar to... It, it is another idea. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, so no, the, the, well, it's very heavily based on Beauty and the Beast. Oh, right, okay. There's a scene in this film in which she literally... It's when his ex-girlfriend and her new boyfriend, his old friend, mm. come around to his house oh, and yeah. announce that they're getting married. Yeah. They've got engaged. And while she, she listens to part of that conversation and then she's like, I'll make myself scarce. And then she goes outside and starts collecting wood. She literally starts collecting firewood. Yes, she does. Like, that's that's how is that in your job description? Like that was that was when I was like, oh, the, the, she's a Disney princess. She's like Cinderella meets you know. It's like fetch the wood, Cinderella. You know, the, mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. It, she's Cinderella meets Belle from Beauty and the Beast. It's, mm-hmm. So yeah, the reason I thought about this is that this film really relies heavily on pop songs to signpost emotional moments, such as well, it's there were like seven Ed Sheeran songs in this film. Oh in, God, there were weren't there? This really felt like Ed Sheeran in the musical. Oh. Yeah. So again, it was kind of like, I felt like obviously Disney musicals, you might as well make it a full musical mm-hmm. and actually have the songs because maybe that would make it work more convincing because all these bits where we're supposed to suddenly believe we're supposed to buy into this romance, but we're never shown any character progression or niceness to. And so you say do that through the medium of song and dance. Yeah, exactly. Have him sing the song about how, okay, maybe I'm a bit of a prick to her in person, but deep down I love her. And you know, Maybe he can't say it in words, he needs to say it through song. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's like the it. kind of thing. So I've not really thought this through loads but I'm guessing maybe so maybe if it's a Disney film we're going to make you know anthropomorphize some animals so maybe he's like a stallion maybe like, he's like a a thoroughbred stallion mm-hmm. called Will okay who's the fastest strongest most virile stallion on the, in all of the land mm. and he's just on the eve of like a big race like the Grand National or something he's jumping a hedge and he catches his legs and he falls and he breaks his back leg right his owner takes pity on him though because he is his favourite horse so rather than shoot him Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, what happens to horses when they break mm-hmm. their legs. You know. He just retires into a local farm. But he takes this very badly because he's used to being, like, the strongest, fastest, best. You know, and he's very arrogant. Yeah. Just like Will, he's very arrogant and he's very kind of, you know, very superior. And he yeah. can't handle this suddenly, this diminished kind of, you know, mm-hmm. role. So he takes this very badly and he ends up hiding away in the stables, not mixing with any of the other animals, until he is befriended by an adorable lamb called Olive. Or, or Louisa, I call it Louisa, I guess. I just thought Olive sounds like a sheep name. Yeah. Louisa yeah, yeah. is a strange name for a sheep. Lisa. Louisa is a Louisa. strange name for a sheep. And you can have a sheep called Clark. <laughs> <laughs> Clark. Oh, you can de- you now you can. Okay, so yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Scratch it, rewind it. He falls in love with an adorable <laughs> lamb called Clark. <laughs> Great. Yeah. But and Clark isn't that's gonna work in really fast. Don't stop. Yeah. She's not like other other lambs though. She loves to dye her her wool all kinds of crazy colours. You know, mm-hmm. she's just she wears flowers in her hair and she just radiates sunshine and rainbows and positivity. You know, she's mm-hmm. a manic pixie dream sheep. So obviously he can't stand her because she's just so exhaustingly happy all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but eventually 
she does wear him down a bit and he decides to kind of take her on as a bit of a project mm-hmm. and she's actually quite happy with the life she's got you know she's just resigned to living life you know dispensing wool and you know hanging around the barnyard being adorable mm-hmm. she's dating a friendly local goat you know who's, who likes to who likes to run uh, subtle subtle yeah. <laughs> But she, he decides to like do a bit of a My Fair Lady kind of thing on her and like train her to enjoy the high life and you know to mm-hmm. live the life of a stallion. You know, yeah. She may be a sheep, but she can live as a stallion. You know, mm. that whole thing. So, and that just basically follows the plot of the original film with him kind of using his wealth mm. as a horse, horse wealth. I don't know, or his position as a stallion. He takes her out to, to like the, the racers and the, all the neighbouring farms. She mixes with all the horses and the, all, all the posh animals. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Patrick the goats kind of can't understand why she's suddenly getting all sophisticated and hanging out with a new crowd. He feels very threatened. Mm-hmm. So she's basically spending a lot of time with him, becoming a more sophisticated sheep, and you know, mm-hmm. he's training her and everything. And then twist, she overhears the farmer talking about how keeping this thoroughbred stallion is who can't do anything anymore is proving far too expensive. So they're gonna have to send him down to the glue factory. The glue factory. Yeah, you know, they make horses into glue. It's a thing. Is this a joke? No, genuinely. It's a, do you not know this? Nope. It's the thing that they do. They used to, I don't know they do it anymore, but they used to. Glue used to be made from horse. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, you, you seem... You've, do carry you, on. You've gone falsetto. What? Yeah, I just... You, know, you, carry, you, you carry on with your little idea there. What? Let me just deal with that. In your what, head, what, okay. Yeah, while you carry okay, on. Fine. Yeah, I think it's like the hooves. I think there's like the gelatin in the hooves goes into... Oh, great. Um, yeah, so they... I don't know, maybe, maybe there's an animal rights thing where they don't do it as much anymore, but they used to... Glue used to be mostly horse. So anyway, she overhears the farmer that he's going to send poor old Will to the glue factory. Mm. And so she's obviously horrified and she tries to convince Will to run away with her, you know, to escape from this horrible fate. Mm-hmm. But he resigns himself to it. He says, you know what, if I can't be the best, I don't want Wait. to live. say it like a horse. It's a good thing we've got a spit thing. <laughs> Been a pop filter. Pop filter. Yeah. Spit thing. It's now, it's now acting as a, a spit shield for my a terrible horse impression. I don't think I've got the lips for this. I've got very thin lips. Like you could do it. See, see, it comes naturally to you. There you go. Great. So that he makes that noise. And it says, um, I don't want to live on and be a knackered old workhorse. If I can't be the best, then just send me to the glue factory. And then he probably would. Make a make a whinny noise. Yeah, <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> that was a really camp. <laughs> That's why I didn't do I, it. I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, show me your best. No. Oh. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, she tries to convince him, but he resigns. Him. He he just won't accept. He resigns himself to being turned into glue, mm. and that's the way the film ends. I guess mm-hmm. it's a very sad ending. And maybe she, maybe he leaves her his saddle or something. For what? She's a sheep. I don't know. So he can't give her money, can he? Like, I, I, need, I, I couldn't really think of a way to kind of transpose that to like a farmyard setting. But the idea is that she, he leaves her with something. To Maybe he her. shows her like a hole in the fence to the field that he was in, which is much better and like better grass. Brilliant. Something. Yeah, the grass is always green on the other side. There we Maybe go. Maybe we'll have that Travis song playing as she... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So eventually he, he goes to the glue factory. He resigns himself to his fate. And she is left with, you know, a life of opportunity that he's mm-hmm. left her. And yeah. But yeah, I felt like this was kind of, it would work as a musical. So I tried to think of some song titles to kind of accompany some key moments. Mm-hmm. I, I, I did struggle with this. Okay. I thought this would be easier than it was. Okay. I thought, oh, there's so many song titles you could turn into songs about farms and shit. <laughs> so I felt like the opening number's got to be called, like, Horsing Around. <laughs> and that's, okay, yeah. yeah. So that's him. Like, it's his, like, I just can't wait to be king song, where he's like, you know, he's just jumping over all these fences and just being the best horse he can be, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, then he has an accident. I don't know what what song would would he have there. You just said you struggled, and now you're asking me. I don't know. You 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 fired on all cylinders today. I thought maybe. You'd... Um, I don't know. Well, he's got. Uh, he has the accident anyway. He meets Clark. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, there's got to be a love a love song. So. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, when when he, when he has broken himself, there can definitely be some kind of joke about oh why why the long face. There we go. There we go. Yeah. But maybe, so, maybe that's what the song's called. Yeah, every song is called Why the Long Face. Yeah, yeah. or something, yeah. Uh, so, but then there's a love love song montage, obviously, mm-hmm. when he falls in love with Clark. So the rest of these songs are all have the exact same pun. I'm sorry. I thought it could be something about the way you look tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Can't help falling in love with you. And, of course, I will always love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, then they go on holiday. So I thought maybe like a song could be called like On the Lamb. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then he reveals he's willing to die. And then uh, maybe I turn to glue. Like I turn to you, turn to glue. Oh, not great. Then he dies. So, of course, it's um, <laughs> someone like you. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. And that's all I had. So no. Grim. I know. Yeah. Grim. Like, like, like all good kids' movies. Yeah. Grim. <laughs> so, yeah, those are my sequels. Take them or leave them. Great. Cool. Uh, so now uh, some list of submissions I guess oh, you have any, yes. do you have any questions no I've got no questions Get one submissions okay best bit cool so happily ever aftermath podcast uh-huh. H-E-A at H-E-A-M cast they have pitched a Legally Blonde style sequel right have you seen Legally Blonde <clears throat> don't I think I've seen bits of it okay Reese Witherspoon yeah it goes undercover or something no that's Miss Congeniality and that's Sandra Bullock uh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that goes no I've not seen it okay <laughs> but anyway this is a sequel that's based on Legally Blonde in which so she comes back from Paris mm. you know with Will's kind of advice or demands to embrace life to the full mm-hmm. kind of at the back of her mind but she still can't kind of override her instincts to always play it safe yeah and this whole experience of Will as reinforced her fear of taking chances you know people might die mm. so she decides to become a now that she's got all this money and doesn't know what to do with it she decides to become a financial planner mm-hmm. and secure a future with the money that was left mm. he left her and help other people in a similar situation mm-hmm. so the film basically follows her going to college and learning to be a financial advisor and um, okay. yeah it's like legally blonde she has to deal with all of these rich snooty business students and she's like you know the the plucky quirky bumble ice oh I think I've seen the end of legally blonde yeah courtroom yeah, of course, there's a courtroom scene. Yeah. Great. Okay, what film with that with legally in the title doesn't end with a courtroom scene? Come on. No. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just saying, like, it's a cliche. And eventually she learns with the help of other students uh, of a similar financial background to trust professionals with their money and um, then she becomes an online personal shopper, which is the job she was born to have, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it starts to express herself through fashion. And she's also going to be in therapy to deal with the deep trauma of losing Will, which yeah. the first film kind of didn't really deal with. No. So, yeah. <laughs> Not at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, good. Cool. Then Blokebusters, mm-hmm. at Blokebusters. Their idea this week is Me, Myself, and I Before You. Oh, good title. A bit of a mouthful. Yeah. Uh, it's based on a Jim Carrey movie called Me, Myself, and Irene. Mm. Have you seen that? No. No. Me neither. Add, add it to the list. Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> As I remember, it's a very sensitive portrayal of mental illness uh, in which he plays a guy with split personalities. Oh, great. Yeah. And in this sequel, Jim Carrey's character from Me, Myself, and Irene has a daughter who maybe goes through a rocky relationship, maybe with a quadriplegic guy, and... Uh, yeah. Okay. So that, I guess that's just that. It's just crossing those two films over. Mm-hmm. Great. Dad's own cast. Their mm-hmm. idea is so Louisa wakes up in, in Paris, I guess, mm-hmm. to someone banging on the door and she opens it to find there's a very large Austrian biker standing outside the door mm-hmm. who says, 
Come with me if you want to live. <laughs> because, of course... Uh, uh, yeah, I was waiting for Amelia one Amelia Clark played Sarah Connor, didn't she? And, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's me before you two, Judgment Day. Okay. <laughs> I think every sequel we do, someone crosses over with Terminator. It's an easy crossover. It seems to happen a lot, yeah. Mm. yeah. TV in Space, at TV in Space. Again, this is a sequel. I don't think we know the title, though. But um, So, Louisa's been living the big life now that she has money. Mm-hmm. Following Will's letter, she t- uh, his advice to just live... She's followed the advice a little bit too well, and she's actually running low on funds because she's been a bit too extravagant. Mm-hmm. So the first part of the sequel follows her as she stalks a new boyfriend, uh, looking out for the perfect person to con, sort of a wealthy person. Mm-hmm. And the, the film kind of follows her descent into darkness as she kind of pursues this person who's maybe a disabled rich person and then kind mm-hmm. of convinces them to go to Switzerland and you know kill themselves and leave him all their money. Right. So, yeah. She's a bit of a black widow. That is um, dark. Yeah, so either she gets away with it or she gets caught. And maybe there's a whole franchise out of this where she becomes this kind of murderous, you know, black widow. Yeah, dark, but I like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the Halloween podcast, at Halloween Pod, mm. they have suggested a crossover with Back to the Future, mm. uh, which Doc and Marty show up and offer to take her back in time to before Will had the accident so she can date him when he was fully able-bodied. Yeah. So she does, but she ends up totally hating him and just wishing he was dead. (laughs) Which is probably quite realistic. Um, And so I assume she's driving the motorbike. Yeah, oh, perfect. There we go. So she ends up... (laughs) Fantastic. Uh, And finally, we have a Hulk at We Have a Hulk Pod. Again, a sequel. Following Will's tragic death, Mm. Lou goes travelling to Paris Mm -hmm. and bumps into Gil from Midnight in Paris. Have you seen Midnight in Paris? Nope. Me neither, but it's a Woody Allen film about time travel starring Owen Wilson. Mm. Owen Wilson plays Gil who can have travel in time mm-hmm. I guess Gil tries to take Louise back in time mm. maybe to find Will again I don't know mm-hmm. um, I guess the Paris is the connection here Yeah. but then she accidentally gets sucked too far back in time and she wakes up in a strange medieval world populated by dragons and white walkers <laughs> finally we yeah, got a Game of Thrones crossover yeah, finally somebody was out to go there <laughs> so yeah so thanks guys all very good ideas oh yeah um, great yeah. And if you have any sequel ideas for Game, for Game of Thrones, <laughs> if you have any sequel <laughs> it's like two years for the next series, we need something. Oh, um, God. Yeah. If you have any sequel ideas for Me Before You, mm. or any of the films we've done in the past, or films you'd like us to see us do in the future, please let us know. We are Beyond the Box Set. You can find us on beyondtheboxset.com, or we are available on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Yep. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast, all popular podcast networks mm-hmm. if you like us please subscribe to us we release a new episode every friday and uh, leave us a review itunes or whatever you pop format you choose to listen to us on it really helps us out mm-hmm. and yeah yeah well so it's my choice for next week's film it is what have you got for me um well i was having a look on imdb for this film obviously as as, as i always do and i was looking at emilia clark and i was thinking well i wanted to see what other films that she's done because well the things that i've seen her in i've not been majorly impressed by her no Mm-hmm. So I wanted to see what she's like in other things, and I had a look, and I saw this film, which I have seen before. It's called Dom Hemingway. Dom Hemingway. Have you heard of it? I have never heard of that. See, this is weird, because it's a film that, to my experience, not many people have heard of, but I would say it's a great film, and the the main actor is incredible in this. Okay. Definitely deserves awards, nominations, I'll have done my research by next week. I have no idea what happened. Okay. <laughs> if if he got anything, but uh, yeah, we'll uh, well we'll see that next week, won't we? Okay. I look forward to it. I genuinely know nothing, so I'm going in completely blind. Great. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, everybody, catch us next week. Same place, same time. Mm-hmm. Cool. Different, different film. Yep. Bye. Bye. <laughs>